everyone. Welcome to the Performance Collective Podcast. This is Dr. Jared Sinclair. This podcast is for high-impact leaders and those who want to improve their performance and achieve enduring results. In each episode, we explore the actions and best practices that successful leaders use to expand capacity, drive performance, and lead change. Whether you're a CEO, a manager, or entrepreneur, you're going to find the practical advice, insights, and inspiration to help you expand your individual and team capacity for higher performance. Subscribe now and join us as we start the transformation that will help you elevate individual and team performance to that next level. It is appropriate that today, which is Mother's Day, and the very first Performance Collective podcast episode recording, that I'm joined by my amazing wife and mother to my sons, Dr. Maricela Sinclair. Dr. Sinclair is an incredibly talented and driven dentist, currently practicing in North San Diego County. She's a boy mom, an amazing wife, and an all-around exceptional woman. Let's dive in. Can you tell our audience what it was that got to where you're at? What are the things you had to go through? What are the things that you had to accomplish? What were some of the challenges? Basically, what's your story? So... If I had to stick to one thing of of being the reason for where I'm at today is is passion. I have passion for dentistry. I love teeth, as weird as that may sound, but um, I developed a liking for the dental industry in high school, and I wanted to go into dental hygiene at the time. And I ended up going to dental assisting school, which was awesome, and... I still wanted to go to dental hygiene school, but as I was working as a dental assistant, I really realized that dentistry had more to offer for me in particular. I liked the the options that dentistry had to offer. And a lot of people don't realize that dentistry is very niche. It can be very niche. It has several specialties with there's there's several specialties between dentistry and um that's how I then pursued dentistry instead of dental hygiene. Okay. So tell us about your practice. My practice is in Encinitas, California, which is North County area of San Diego. It is, I'd I'd call it a boutique dental private practice. Um, We see majority adults and we service the North County coastal population of San Diego. We do general dentistry, we do cosmetic dentistry, and um, I am trying to help our community and beyond with um, sleep-related dental issues, but that's for later on. Sleep, like, say more about that, sleep-related dental issues. How is sleep associated with dentistry? Yes, so as a dentist, I am looking at people's mouths day in and day out, and I see a lot of signs of... Primarily, it's the clenching and grinding. Clenching and grinding is um, highly associated with lack of sleep quality. So for years and years and years, and this stemmed back to when I was a dental assistant, I worked with two main dentists early on in my dental career who I had the pleasure of uh, being exposed to some knowledge about how dentistry relates to sleep medicine. Um, So for almost seven years of practice now as a dentist, it 
it's it's what I see day in and day out. So it's a it's a point of frustration for me because I want to help these people. So um, I say sleep dentistry for a later time because it's I'm still scratching the surface. Okay, so it's a pretty in depth uh, area of dentistry that you can dive into, kind of go down a little bit of a rabbit hole. Yes. Okay. Okay, so we talked a little bit about how you have your practice and what your focus is. What other what other services do you provide in the practice? Um, we have digital technology where we can do same day dentistry. Um, we have we do clear aligner therapy. We are on the verge of uh, kickstarting our oral adult conscious sedation so that we can provide a more comfortable setting for patients who have fear of dentistry. Okay. So I'm a patient. I walk into your practice. What's going to be the first thing that I see? The first thing that really like impacts me about your office and your team? Um, as far as the facility is concerned, you, the patient will notice the, the big skylights in our entrance and that there's a lot of light and it's roomy. And my front office team who's amazing and friendly and welcoming. Okay. So they're in the front office. What happens when they get to the back? Like, what's the process like when somebody comes in your office and they go through this this dental procedure? You know, a lot of people don't like to go to the dentist, oh, or yeah. they're afraid of the dentist. Absolutely. So how how do you and your team like work to to overcome that? Yeah. So um, the culture. I like to keep a, a light and fresh culture in my office. I like for my patients to feel that we work together cohesively and positively amongst ourselves, whether it be between me and the front, me and the back office team, but also within <clears throat> by, within themselves, amongst themselves. Um, so I, I'm a big believer in culture. I, I, patients will pick up on that. Yeah. So I want my team to be comfortable with what they're doing, happy with what they're doing, and um, I want them to feel supported, not only by each other, but by me, too. Yeah. So how do you choose people? If they're, if they're going to join your team and you, let's say you have an opening, how do you go about choosing that next person to fill that spot? Yeah. I look for hungry, humble, and smart individuals. So I, like I want that. someone who's hungry. You said hungry, humble, and smart? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. So hungry, I want self-starters I don't want to be reminding anybody to you know do the things that they're they were hired to do humble whether you have two years experience or 20 years experience there's always something to be learned especially in a new office people might think that you know all private offices are around the same but there's really different systems in place different technologies different instruments so even if there is that person with 25 years of experience, I, I still want that humble quality in them because there's still so much to be learned. Even the people that have been with me for a long time, um, that humble quality is still important because there's so much knowledge out there. So, so much knowledge. I'm assuming some of that knowledge has to come in the, the, the space of technology and dentistry. Technology and dentistry, and like I was branching at, like, like I was saying earlier with the sleep dentistry, um, 
that's not necessarily necessarily technology driven, but it's a it's a, a little branch okay. that you know dentists can have a part in, the dental team can have a part in. Say more about the technology you're currently using in the office. I know you mentioned the, the same day crown stuff. Um, I've seen some stuff in the in the dental space regarding like 3D printing. Um, you know, instead of doing like the suck down aligners, they're doing 3D printing aligners or whitening trays, whatever the case may be. What is all the technology that, that's coming in to your office right now, or the dental field for that sake? Oh, so much. There's lasers out there that will cut into teeth that will um, not require numbing the tooth or numbing the patient. Uh, many offices have cone beam, CT scanners, 3D imaging um, to not look at just the teeth, but to look at the bony structures, airway, um, other anatomies within the skull and the face and the neck and the spine. Um, and 3D printing, yes, absolutely, that's, that's a big one right now where 3D printing is alive and well and is, it plays a big role. Yeah. So how do you stay current with all these trends? Like with, with all these things coming up in the dental tech space, how do you stay current on what's out there? And how do you assess what to incorporate into your practice or not? Yeah, so there are dental conventions. There are many, many um, CE programs that are put on by many entities out there. Um, so for me, basically, it's a continuing education I do online courses, and I'm a part of a local study club that keeps me up to date, at least in, in my immediate professional community. Okay. Do you, do you find that the dental community here in San Diego, North San Diego County, is, is tight-knit? I can't say for San Diego as a whole, because I don't, I don't work everywhere in San Diego, but absolutely in Encinitas, I... I love I love my colleagues. I think we have a great community. It's from the outside looking in. I think people would think it's competitive because we're so saturated. There are lots and lots of dentists in Encinitas, um, but when I get together with my study club, it, it 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 doesn't feel it doesn't feel that way. It doesn't feel competitive. It feels supportive, and everyone's on the same page. As far as wanting to help each other, supporting each other, we don't really see each other as our competition. I think we see more other things as our competition, like the new car or the electronics or the latest and greatest phone. Oh, so these, these other competing interests within different markets might be competing for right. uh, revenue in the dental space. Correct. Yeah. Say more about that. How are people... How, how do you find people are making decisions kind of within that space? Not only your, your partners in dentistry or your team in dentistry or your network in dentistry, but, you know, potential patients that are going to see these professional providers. So I, I think ultimately it comes down to their priorities. Many, many people out there don't see the dentist because it's not a priority for them. Additionally, like you said earlier, a lot of people are afraid to come see us. Um, so when they do make it to our office, that's a great step. They've made that initial first step to maybe they're curious about the health of their oral situation 
or they're in pain and discomfort and they want to learn more about why they're feeling that way. Um, the driver is, I think, priority. So as a dentist, we're educators and it's our job to educate the patient and show them why their oral cavity might be in the situation it is or why a single tooth might be broken down or what have you. Yeah. So, you know, you know, my, my big focus with, with the work that I'm trying to do is with, with knowledge, motivation and organizational structure. So that motivation component with regard to your practice would be the people making the decision to actually come in to the practice. It'd be your team actually taking the initiative to do work that you hired them to do without you having to prompt them. Um, it sounds like there's a knowledge component where people might not know exactly how their dental health is tied to other things such as sleep, such as heart health, um, other areas of, of their life, maybe just simply something as simple as aesthetics, right? Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about the organization, that O. Tell me a little bit about where your practice started. When did it start? And what does that path look like to where you're at today? Yeah, so let's see, I graduated dental school in 2016. I was an associate for a dentist in Encinitas. After I became an associate with her, about nine months later, she decided she wanted to face out and she sold her practice to me. Um, so I was pretty much freshly out of dental school and I bought my first practice, which was exciting. But then, you know, excitement turns into stress pretty quickly when you haven't done that before. But luckily, I've, I've had the support from you, for sure, um, my family, and the support of my team, even though it was very small at that time, the, the team. But yeah, that was, gosh, early 2018, and we just plugged along. I knew I always wanted to be an owner of my practice because I want to practice the way I want to practice. I don't want to be necessarily told how to treat a tooth or how to treat a patient or be forced into making a sale, quote unquote, or being high pressure salesy technique. That's not my, that's not my vibe. So... We got the practice and just plugged away, treated people the way I wanted to be treated, um, treated my staff in a way in which we're cultivating a nice culture and a night and a a place where they wanna go to work. Hopefully they wanna go to work. I I say that I mean work is work, work is gonna suck for anybody under the sun. Um, but some days can be a lot of fun at work. Other, may, other days, not so much, but most of the days I try to make fun. Anyway, so that is the gist of what I wanted in my practice, treating people right, running on time as much as possible, and um, creating a good culture that the patients can really feel. I want my patients walking out thinking, okay, that wasn't that bad, that that team is pretty awesome, or those girls are pretty nice. And we just happen to be a team of girls right now. I'm not against the dudes, um, but that's just how our practice is right now. 
uh, four years after the first practice is when I had an opportunity to buy a second practice, and that is where I'm located at now. Also in Encinitas, but a, a little more updated, modern location, a little bit bigger. We have capacity for growth. Um, still the same culture vibe. We like to have fun. We, we like to treat our patients with respect and sympathy. And um, there, there's more to come, I know. It's exciting. We'll keep that one a secret for now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's... Um, it sounds like you are incredibly driven. I know you're incredibly driven. You're my wife. I know you intimately. And I'm so proud of what you've done with your team and your practice. Can you say a little bit, just, to, just for our listeners and maybe people that don't know your story, about how that drive and that motivation and that decision-making process all kind of culminated when you decided to start studying for dentistry or you know, deciding not, not, not to... Um, go to a school or go to another school or how did that whole process work from there? How did you stay driven, focused and motivated during that challenging time? For me, it was just a decision. I decided I want to go to dental school and then whatever needs to happen beyond that, I just pressed on and passion, 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 I think, is my main driver. Passion and ambition, I'll say. I'm, I can be very ambitious, and I have a vision of where I want to be, um, and and that's definitely a driver. Um, as far as the details about our story, we decided, well, I, I talked to you. I, I told you I wanted to go to dental school. You asked me if I was serious. I told you yes. <laughs> and... Um, <clears throat> From then on, it was, you know, a ton of support from you. I, I quit working. I was going to school. I got pregnant in undergrad and had our first son, Zeke, um, during finals in that particular semester. After having Zeke, I went back to take my finals. Um, we were sacrificing where we lived at the time so that, you know, we, we could get this done. And... A lot of this is a blur to me because there, there was just so much going on at the time. But anyway, got into dental school, decided to get into, decided to go to UOP among other acceptance dental schools that I got. Um, and that was, that was really tough for us too because you, Jared, were at the time looking for a job up in the the Bay Area, which you did get hired at a few places. But ultimately, as a family, we decided that Jared and Zeke needed to stay back because up there we didn't have the support system that we do here, which is my parents um, and my mom especially, who helps us take care of Zeke. So So it takes a team, for sure. Oh, 100%. And for our listeners, I call... Maricela's mother, Santa Maria, because she's an absolute saint, and she's been an absolute uh, tremendous help to us uh, throughout this process. So, All right, yes. so you make the decision on, on San Francisco. What happens next? So we, we make the decision on San Francisco. We say, hey, for a year, let's play, you know, you play single dad back home. My mom can help you with Zeke while you work, and then I'll just focus on school up here in San Francisco. Okay, you know, that was the plan. Um, but that plan really 
stayed that plan for three years. Um, it was just working out for us. Jared was able to fly up and see me with Zeke several times. In fact, Zeke got was getting mail for frequent flyer miles, offers, things like that. Um, so they would either fly up or drive up, and then I would I would fly home too, maybe like once a month, once every two months, and um, yeah, and that's why it's a blur. But I, I got pregnant again, <laughs> second year of dental school, um, which was not planned, but it, it worked out because Lucas came came over summer break between second and third year. So for dental schools are typically four-year programs, but UOP, University of the Pacific, is a three-year program, which is one of the reasons I chose that school. I love UOP. If anybody's considering dental school and they have an opportunity to go to UOP, um, I had a great experience and a great education with them. Excellent. So say more about that. What 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 are some of the things about UOP that you liked? And we'll get back to that the, the topic about you know family and sticking with it and being persistent, and tenacious in your dental pursuit. But talk a little bit about UOP. What what made the difference with them for you? The culture. What about the culture? It was hard. It was, which is kind of weird to say. I like it because it was hard. What I mean is, I think they prepare you. I mean, you look back and think, gosh, I'm so glad I went through that hard stage or that hard class or that stressful time because dentistry in real life is like that. It, it'll, it'll challenge you 100%. So um, I think that, I think their, their education is top notch. We had a brand new facility into second and third year for us. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think they chintz on anything, and the culture is have fun, too. Yeah. Like, work hard and have fun, also. Yeah. So, did you make any, did you make any lasting friendships or relationships in, den- in dentistry or uh, at yeah. dental school? Yeah. Yeah. Are those, do those people, um, you still stay in contact with them, or how does, how's that been? Yeah, I still stay in contact with um, a few of my great friendships that I had that I developed in dental school. Unfortunately, I don't see them as often as I would like to, but um, that's in the works and, and it'll come. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Um, how do you, let's go back to dental school, you know, having, having Lucas, you're between your second and third year, like the timing on that was impeccable, right? Right. If you can say timing, yeah. right? Good job. <laughs> So let's look back at that. Uh, you're in your third year of dental school. You've got a newborn baby, right? Um, I took a leave of absence to go up there and be with you for six months or so. We had the support of your mom, right? Mm-hmm. Luke's getting frequent flyer, credit card offers in the mail. Like, go from there. What happens next? Lucas comes, you're there, you, you took a leave of absence from work to come be with me when the baby came. Um, so we were together for a little bit, um, but you had to get back to work, and I was finishing off my last year of dental school, which is heavy clinical hours. So um, we decided at that time for you to go back home again and play single dad again with now 
Zeke and Lucas, our newborn, um, and we had the support of my mom. So basically my mom essentially adopted Lucas and woke up with him at night and everything so that Jared, so that you can, could still work and do your thing. Yeah. Okay. And then from there you bought your first practice. And from there I graduated. I got my first job, got my second job, which was the associate job, Mm -hmm. gone into ownership, um, grew, 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 um, battled through the COVID situation. Um, luckily found a great group of, um, consultants that helped me grow in the year of 2021. So thankful for them. Accelerate my practice. And from there, like I said earlier, the opportunity for the new practice could not have gotten to that new practice without the help of the consultants that I worked with in 2021. Um, so yeah, just overall thankful for my support, my support system. Yeah. So you, it sounds like you've developed, I know you've developed that internal team, but you have a team beyond the folks that just work in your office, right? You mentioned, you mentioned the consultants, like what are the other types of people that you as a leader have chosen to, to rally around your practice and have helped you get the practice to where it belongs today. You know, I don't know if you want to name names or not, probably not, but maybe you can just say what type of disciplines they're in. Yeah. So, um, I have a great dental supply rep who I had actually known from years, years and years ago as a dental assistant. Um, so it's kind of neat working with him now as a dentist from, from that side, from that perspective. Um, I have a, a, dental specific CPA that I work with that we have worked with for a long time um, that helps us you know with not only tax stuff but looking at the numbers looking at trends um, making sure that we're making sound financial decisions and that's not just in the monthly realm but he was critical in helping us make the decision on getting the new practice too and, and looking at it from the financial side of things. Um, we work with a great attorney um, who helped us with the purchase agreement of the practice and beyond um, the consultants that I worked with in 2021. Amazing, great dudes. Who else? You. You, Jared, Jared helped me, was crucial in the transition between going from the first practice to the second practice, um, just helping me with everything. (laughs) That blur, right? (laughs) It's always a blur for me. Yeah. Talk Um, a little bit about um, IT and how, I know we have an IT vendor too. Yes. Uh, How have have they helped out with the practice? Yeah, so I'm not a big computer person, so I have peace of mind in having them with our services. So if something comes up with computer, even dental equipment, I I have peace of mind knowing that they're just a call away and they help us do it. Yeah. Okay, let's talk a little bit about, you mentioned the, the consultants that came in and they really helped drive your practice to the point where you were able to, we were able to acquire a second practice. Mm-hmm. Um, talk a little bit about how data maybe have played into that. How, how do you use data now? How do they use data during their work with you? 
Um, and then what do you see going forward as far as like your use of data to, to show where the practice is at and maybe um, how, how do you use it? Personally, I'm not huge on data just from my personality. However, data is what keeps the practice on check. That's what my CPA looks at. He looks at data. Um, you, Jared, when you go into the practice and you, you know, take a pulse on things, you look at data. Um, I mean, ultimately, it comes down to numbers, right? Numbers don't lie, and we can't ignore it. It's not my favorite thing to do, but that's why I have the support of you and, and other uh, behind-the-scene members to help out with that. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's pivot a little bit. What book are you reading right now? Why We Sleep. Tell me about it. What's what's going on with Why We Sleep? Do you know who the author is? Yeah, Dr. Matthew Walker. Uh, gosh, I think everyone should read this book, Why We Sleep. Sleep is so important. There's not a single function or cell in the body that doesn't benefit from a good night's sleep. So going back to what I was saying earlier and me trying to scratch the surface with the sleep dentistry stuff is I see the signs and symptoms in so many of my patients more than they realize. You okay, know. time out. Time out. <laughs> this is where I'm going to ask you a little bit about the clinical stuff to, to dive in, to really kind of showcase your, your knowledge and your curiosity in this topic. How do these symptoms manifest themselves or how do you see them in your practice or when you're walking down the street or sitting at dinner and you look across the way and you see this person, how, how do these symptoms manifest themselves? That way our listeners can kind of tune in a little bit and, and pique some curiosity here. Yeah, right? so let me, let me try to summarize that as best as possible. I'll start by saying we can go three weeks without food we can go three days without water we can go three minutes without oxygen so our bodies will compensate in so many ways so that we get proper oxygen in our body if we're not breathing properly our body isn't getting the right amount of oxygen there isn't that right amount of oxygen exchange that the body needs to stay in balance um, if we're not breathing properly at night, we're not, again, we're not getting that oxygen. The bodies aren't restoring the way they should. The brain isn't restoring the way it should. So how does this all start? I think as a society, we were really messed up. We, we aren't breastfed enough. We're given soft foods. We're exposed to so many allergens. Um, and all of those things tie into proper function, proper everything of the tongue and the face, which is so important in breathing. It's all tied in, so important in breathing. So um, the things that we're exposed to as a Western society and culture, I think it doesn't, it doesn't help us grow the way we should or it doesn't help us uh, develop those proper functions that we should have as human beings okay so we have these these behavioral or these lifestyle choices or mm -hmm. these uh you know choices by default whatever you want to call it that affect our body so when you're looking at a patient how do you know that they might potentially have a sleep issue 
how does it manifest itself in that patient? I mean, do they just look tired? It can uh, be. I mean, what, 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 what do you look for? A lot of things. So um, sometimes we see extra bony growths in the upper and lower jaw. Um, that tells me that the jaws are, are dealing with extra forces, those extra forces being clenching and grinding. Um, clenching and grinding is a body's way to open up the airway so that the body can get a little more oxygen in the body. Um, scallop, scalloping of the tongue. If the tongue is slamming to the back of the throat at night, obstructing the airway, the body, because the body knows oxygen and, and um, gas exchange is important, will do whatever it can to get that tongue out of that space so that you can get that, that volume flow of air. Um, but in the process, that tongue gets pushed forward, gets pressed up against the teeth and creates these little dimples or like puzzle piece on the side of the tongue. Um, patients come in and I can see that they're heavy mouth breathers. Why are they breathing through their mouth? The body gets... We're not supposed to breathe through our mouth? <laughs> no. <laughs> Everyone should be nasal breathers. We get so much more benefit of the, the air exchange in the body by being nasal breathers. Nasal breathers filter the air, warm the air, um, produces nit nitric oxide. We get more oxygen uptake in the body. So nasal breathing is important. So that's just one thing that I notice. If I see a mouth breather, I, I wonder why, you know, why can't they breathe through their nose? Is there an obstruction? Is it habit? Is it tongue isn't strong enough to be resting on the roof of the mouth where it should be? So then, you know, the so you person just breathes curls. at the least. <laughs> you could. <laughs> Um, so body starts breathing through path of least resistance, which is through the mouth, but you don't get those other benefits breathing through the mouth. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> Excellent. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know where to start with that. I mean, I know you've pointed out the mouth breathing to me and, you know, you're constantly ridiculing me and my boys to say, Hey, tongue on spot, you know, <laughs> breathe through your nose, this, that, and the other. A little bit. Yeah. But that's okay. It works. So let's let's move on to the next thing. What's your next big project that you're looking at? I understand if you don't want to go into detail, that's fine. But like, kind of looking forward to the next five years, you've put a plan in place. I'm sure you have some thoughts on where you want to go. Mm -hmm. What does that look like between now and five years from now? Yeah. So um, I would like to expand capacity at my practice. I have room for expansion, so I'd like to realize that and uh, maximize the room that we're the space that we have um as you can tell the sleep thing is very very interesting to me and i think um i think dentists play a role in that because we do see those signs in the in, in patients mouths that closely tie into um sleep disturbed breathing lack of quality of sleep so I think clinically, I think that's the biggest one, the sleep side, um, facility, using up our space, and um, growing and continuing to build an awesome culture and having fun with my team. Excellent. You do have a good team. You guys have a lot of fun. Yeah. It's kind of cool.
All right. So what do you what do you want people to know about your work that might go unnoticed or people don't know about the dental profession? Like, is there anything or misconception that people have about dentistry uh, that you would like to address? I think there's a lot of misconceptions. I think um, going back to the fear, you know, lots of people think that, you know, dentists are out to get them or whatever. Um, and there's always a, a, an array of providers, just like there's an array of any other field that you look at out there. Um, I truly care for my patients and I truly um, want them to have the best experience possible. Um, dental insurance doesn't cover everything. You know, we get some patients coming in thinking that, you know, insurance is going to cover everything. Unfortunately, dental insurance doesn't work like medical insurance. Um, not that it needs to work like medical insurance, but, um, there is always, always, always going to be an, um, a copay from the patient for, for our services. And, um, dentistry is not black and white there's always opinions always 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 you can put a patient in a room with five dentists and you'll you'll they'll come out with seven different seven different you know treatment plans or ideas how that of how that patient should be treated so of of the patients out there I would just say make sure that you're seeing someone that you feel comfortable with and that you can communicate with if something comes up or if you have a concern, someone that you feel comfortable with and, and you can have that relationship, that that professional um, relationship with. Sounds like trust is a big component of that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what is the greatest piece of advice? Um, if you were to look back at your younger self and kind of detach yourself from who you are today and talk to that, you know, 14, 18, 22-year-old Dr. Maricela Sinclair. Mm -hmm. What is the greatest piece of advice that you would give them knowing that they were going to embark upon this leadership or business journey at some point in the future? I would tell that person to press on, remind them that it's there's going to be bumps in the road and that's okay. You know, that you, you will learn from those bumps in the road and, and they're not... They're not avoid. I mean, you you cannot avoid them. There's there's going to be some sucky times for sure, um, but uh, I would remind her that she is worthy. She is worthy of having a successful practice and um, having a, a an awesome team and having awesome patients and um, having the the dream that she is worthy. And anybody is worthy of that. Don't fall into the trap of, oh, well, you know, you didn't have this or you didn't do this or, or you don't have this um, growing up. It, it's BS to me. So press on. Press on. You can find a way. If there's passion or motivation, you can find a way to do it. It won't be easy, but <laughs> there's still a way. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, one last question. Where can people connect with you and your team? Uh, easiest is probably via email. And our email is contact at SinclairSmiles.com. Awesome. All right, what else?
Happy Mother's Day, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thanks for helping us forever and always best, best mother ever. Awesome. Well, I just want to wish everybody out there, all of our listeners, all those mothers, um, children of mothers, etc., a happy Mother's Day today. And I look forward to seeing you all in the next episode. Thank you for joining us today. Please subscribe to our show now and join us as we continue the transformation to expand capacity, improve performance, and lead change. To learn more about business performance improvement solutions for the private, public, government, and nonprofit sectors, head on over to SinclairPerformance.com or find us on social media and connect with us there.